fuck's happening? Oh, oh man, shit. man. Oh, man, I shot Marvin in the face. Why the fuck did you do that? Well, I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. Oh, man, I see some crazy-ass shit in my time, but this is just... This... Welcome everybody, this is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. We're going to reach our extremely special guest right after the soundtrack of Jackie Brown for you. And I was just trying to find You don't know what you do Till you put under pressure Cross 110th Street Is a hell of a tester Across 110th Street Pimps trying to catch a woman That's weak Across 110th Street Pushers won't let The junkie go free
Ciao, 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 and welcome, everybody. This is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Ruggiero, and I have an extremely interesting guest, almost like a veteran of the film industry here with me, and also instructor. His name is Kevin Lee. How are you doing, Kevin? Very good, Roger. How are you today? Oh, I'm feeling so good. Uh, very special things happening today. The snow, the sun, paradisiac day out there in Vancouver. And uh, that's what, what leads us into the episode is the soundtrack of Jackie Brown uh, with the 110th Street by Bobby Womack. So we're going to talk about that uh, soundtrack a little bit later. But first, uh, let's dive deep into the mind uh, of, uh, of the storyteller and expert uh, filmmaker here that we have right in front of us uh, in the booth at UBC on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Kevin, who are you? <laughs> uh, well, Ruggiero, uh, you, and I, you and I met uh, when you were a film student, and, I, and I've worked for a number of years now as a film instructor. But um, um, actually, how I came into, I guess, being in the film business is actually I started as a young person. I started as a musician. Mm. Um, I did all of those uh, things that a young person does as a player and traveled on the road with uh, different bands and did all of those kind of cliche things that people <laughs> make movies about and, and uh, um, you know, played in a bunch of uh, no-name bars in a bunch of small towns across the country and so on. Th that's an adventure right there. But what about that music right there? So everything started with music. How did it fade into filmmaking? Well, it, it's, uh, it's a kind of a convoluted story, but um, when I was playing on the, on the road, um, uh, actually, well, the actual story is my, my uh, then wife met another lady who was uh, also had a husband who was playing in a band on the road. And they, they met at dog training class, if you can imagine. And then it got mm. to talking about the, uh, uh, the challenges of having somebody on the road all the time. At any rate, when the two of us, her, her husband and I, both were in town at the same time, uh, uh, we just got together and we uh, had dinner together and so on. He was a very successful musician. Uh, had a, uh, one of the, uh, the, the top uh, country bands in Canada and was moving back and forth across Canada. Had a, uh, an album out of Nashville with the Buckaroos and one. It was, mm -hmm. I was, and it was a pretty big deal for me to hook up with him. Right on. Wow, man, I got to tell you something. That low-pitched voice, mm -hmm, that's creating, <laughs> that's triggering some earthquakes on the other side of the world, man. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. So we have a little, you had a little bit of, um, of a journey and uh, we have, again, a multifaceted personality right here in the studio. So you've been through commercials, uh, post-production house, color mm -hmm. correction, and uh, Kevin is also a colorist. Uh, of those uh, layers of yours, mm -hmm. which one is the layer that is most active at the moment? At most, at, at this stage of, uh, of my life, prob probably the thing that's most active, the thing that I'm doing most of in the post-production world is color grading. Hmm. Um, it's something that uh, I came into, again, almost accidentally in, uh, in the film world. Uh, Color, color grading in, in post, in really, I would say, has really just become the norm, I would say, in about the last 10 years mm -hmm. uh, because of, you know, the uh, applications like uh, DaVinci's Resolve and so mm -hmm. on now available to us, pretty much any of us on the desktop of the computers we work on. Uh, but, you know, you know, as little as 10 years ago, those 
a lot of those services were really out of reach for the small filmmaker and you had to go to very specialized facilities uh, to do that kind of thing. And now DaVinci Resolve 14 was just released, you know? So many different tools, so many fascinating uh, different mechanics happening in the software. Where do you think DaVinci Resolve actually beats all the other softwares? Uh, it's 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 such a powerhouse. Uh, when I first started working with uh, DaVinci's Resolve, it was version eight. Mm. Wow! Uh, and it was it has gone so through th so many revisions, of course, and it's every revision has become friendlier and friendlier. Um, when I first started working with Resolve. Honestly, it was a bear. Mm. Uh, it had, uh, you know, a lot of idiosyncrasies and little mm. things you just sort of had to know to be able to make the darn thing work. Mm -hmm. um, but each version of, of Resolve has become more user-friendly, more intuitive. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, they've now added, uh, you know, their editor functions, for instance, now have become much more... Uh, uh, much more powerful uh, mm -hmm. you know I've, I've said to uh, people that really if a project was not uh, effects heavy or so on you could you could post make it happen you, you over there make, right you post your entire project mm -hmm. uh, in resolve cut it and do the sound mix do the whole learn thing right there in you resolve. know enough of of mathematics and numbers right now i want to actually ask you and go on the opposite side yeah. the motivations and 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 you know what's what's behind filmmaking for you what is the beauty of filmmaking what is the one thing that drew you to filmmaking and makes it so special for you the well, <laughs> this, this, this is this is probably this is prob probably uh, not not the not the answer that that one probably hopes to hear from an old guy like me. But uh, <laughs> um, the the truth the truth is, and we we touched on this a bit earlier. My my first love really was music, mm. uh, and I migrated from playing music to working in recording studios and and working there. But the the sad truth is that um, I like uh, like many independent musicians, it's. It's very difficult to make a living mm. making music in, in Canada, at any rate. Um, and uh, I, my, I migrated to filmmaking, honestly, because when we moved from the recording studio environment, we, we and my then uh, uh, production partner, we felt that the, the way to start to make a decent living in, in our craft was not to be continue to try to record music because we've been doing that mm -hmm, for a while mm -hmm. and and been do, we made we made some good recordings there's no doubt um, but we weren't making a lot of coin and both of us were uh, married men we were both uh, uh, either had families or families on the way so there, there was an imperative to, to make some kind of a living this is very interesting the financial aspect uh, le led you to filmmaking and then actually mm -hmm. led you to uh, teaching then about uh, sound specifically and then post-production at VFS That's so true. when you're teaching uh, to the new generation what, what, what is the major change that you see even in the industry and in the way people actually learn about the craft from uh, you know 40 years ago or 30 years ago until now what's the biggest difference I, I, I think the uh, I don't think there's any question I think the I think the uh, uh, the biggest difference is the is the the literal digital revolution hmm. um, the moving from what was an analog based medium whether it was film or whether it was videotape or analog audio tape or any of these different mediums that we recorded this stuff to the by the very nature of changing it into ones and zeros, 
it has just exploded. It has democratized the whole process. Uh, uh, here in the studio between us uh, on the desktop, you ha- you have a laptop sitting in front <laughs> of you, and there's there's more power in that, more power and capability in that laptop that's sitting in uh, between us here right now, than there was in the entire post-production facility (laughs) that we built um, at great cost and expense and and care and whatnot. uh, So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about this change, personally? Uh, It is, and and I'm actually actually quoting a, uh, a former colleague here, it is, it's the best thing that's ever happened to filmmaking and it's also the worst thing that's Ooh, ever happened to okay. filmmaking. Okay, so why do you feel it's actually also the worst thing that happened to filmmaking? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm maybe being a, a, a touch facetious here, but it's the you know, the best thing about it is that anybody can make a motion picture now. Anybody can make a film. The, the tools are accessible for a very modest cost, and people can put out high-quality work for very modest dollars. That's also the very worst thing about it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It means that anybody can make a film uh, where maybe there's not the thought or the passion or the um, or the you know the real desire to make high quality stuff. So there is a lack of layers uh, between the filmmaker and the final and the final uh, basically the final result. I, th- I think that. I think that um, I was talking with with another friend here just uh, last week. We were talking about still photography, and I think this is this is another good example of this. Is you know we we live in the day of the uh, the modern digital camera where there's no film and it's uh, basically as long as you got battery power, you can mm-hmm. keep pushing the shutter mm-hmm. release and uh, uh, and take photographs. I, I remember myself as a young photographer. Um, uh, taking a photography course from a, a very uh, seasoned professional and one of one of the tasks that he uh, gave me and the other members of our little group was uh, you know we had to go out and shoot and you only got one exposure you mm. only got to push the shutter release once wow and and this is the kind of transaction that I'm thinking about you know the the when Every push of the shutter release, or every push of the of the uh, uh, of the trigger on the camera, or, or whatever medium you're shooting, if every one of those things literally costs money, effort, thought, you, then you then you think much more about it. You you're, you put that tripod down in exactly the right spot, and you make sure your focus is dead on, and you're thinking about that moment that you're going to so take So the, the process uh, actually um, somehow gave more attention to the people that were going uh, through it and just gave, gave them the time to resonate and connect with the picture and the piece of art. It becomes a little bit more of a process rather than just a picture itself. And, and I, I think it also, it also takes more literal investment, uh, not necessarily financial investment, but um, uh, time, commitment, knowledge, commitment, um, understanding, knowledge, and so on. I think of the, you know, the very earliest photographers, you know, in the, in the latter part of the 19th century and whatnot, carrying around these big, cumbersome, you know, box cameras and whatnot. And I think all of the skills those guys must have had, they, they had to be chemists to be, to, to be able to deal with uh, their film. They had, they had, they were literally, you know, setting off flash powder in, 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 you know, uh, great big uh, holders beside the camera. Sure. 
Um, it's, it, it was a hell of a process, and right now they were losing that process. Of course, there are some some pros and cons. But I want to go back actually and touch a little bit on your music. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, yeah. Because I feel that uh, I mean, growing up with music, uh, that is definitely something that comes out, and even in the way you communicate, uh, is very musical. You know, yeah. your voice uh, is very musical. So I'm actually I actually wanted to ask you, what instrument uh, were you playing, and what was the genre of the music? Uh, well, as uh, I play, uh, I'm a drummer by trade. I, I, I play, uh, I play some guitar as well. Although um, drums is re really the instrument that I've, I've played mostly over the years. That's awesome! Wow. And I and I and I've played um, uh, in terms of genre. Uh, drums, drums actually is, is one of the is one of those instruments. I think it's it's fortunate that. Uh, If you're a, if you know, if you're a fairly decent drummer and you've got decent chops and whatnot, mm -hmm. you can play. Uh, like right now, I'm currently playing with with uh, uh, a country band, mm -hmm. uh, where we uh, that band is playing both traditional country and new country, and and I have to say, playing new country is just like playing rock now. <laughs> um, but over the years, I've, I've played with R&B bands. I've played mm -hmm. with uh, I've played with some jazz trios, um, uh, and of course the. You know, wow, the, the getting top. into into jazz as well. That's yeah, a that's yeah. a very rounded uh, drummer right yeah. here. Wow, and the rock and roll stuff too as a young person. Awesome. Person. Wow, very very um, versatile. That's that's uh, that's amazing. And I mean, it takes experience and time and commitment. As we were talking earlier, to that's get through true. that, and that's yeah. something I really really appreciate because the world of music can be pretty merciless. You know, it's sure. uh, it's uh, it's a whole world of its own, but uh, it's a universal language, right? Yeah. Everybody has a part of, of themselves in that world. So I, I think so, and I, I was actually just. Um, Uh, just listening to uh, another lady on on the on the radio actually just a little bit earlier and you know she was talking about how each of us have to have that uh, uh, you know whether it's whether it's putting down the written word whether it's uh, playing a musical instrument whether it's making a photograph uh, or or creating a film I think each of us has to have some kind of um, outlet for that For that emotional part of, mm -hmm. uh, of each of us, that each of us has. That emotional gravity yeah. needs to find its way through. The river goes to the sea anyways, so <laughs> the arts, everybody has a piece of the arts inside. Yeah, I think so. So I just want to ask you one thing before we take a little break. Mm -hmm. uh, Johnny Cash is waiting for us uh, right on the other side of this little conversation that we're going to have. But I just want to ask you if there is one specific story uh, that you'd like to share that you had with your own band. One story that really stands out from the rest of the stories uh, that screams to be shared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you put me on the stop th uh, spot there, Roger. Why not? No, why not? I, why not? Why not? Uh, uh, well, I, I don't know whether I mean there. You know, there are there are so many uh, uh, stories over the years, and um, you know, playing with different people and the different catastrophes that happen on stage with uh, you know uh, either um, instrument failure or sometimes musician <laughs> failures and so on. Um, I'm not sure if I can think of any real good story for you off the top. I, I was always the, I think I've always been in just about every band I've been, I, I have been considered sort of the, uh, um, what would you call it, the... Um, <laughs> The, the the more the more stable one in the in the, in the group, uh, the the guy that kind of saves the rest of uh, uh, you know the rest of the guys from you know committing some you know terrible thing that's going to end us having to all be in jail. The core, almost like the core, the core, the, <laughs> yeah. the gravity core of the band. Yeah, yeah, all so, right, yeah. wow, so like that's. The, uh, I've always been the dad of the band in some ways. You know? Awesome, so, right on. The young guy. <laughs> right on. That's uh, well, that's uh, that's something that is a, is a great uh, recognition. You know, it's a it's a great uh, great 
great quality also to have a great skill and I believe that also our, our world our society right now needs a little bit more of people like you we need a little bit more of a direction and a little bit more of a uh, efficient leading because of the different things that are happening around uh, we just need that moment to refine ourselves and through the arts express our own uh, uh, insights you know whatever we have inside is flowing just let it all out it's crucial and that's what filmmaking is all about and music is all about and and that's why i'm so happy to have you here in the studio with us uh, extremely uh full of wisdom eyes full of wisdom here from kevin lee we're gonna catch a little break uh this one here that is coming is actually the soundtrack of jackie brown chosen by uh, kevin uh and uh, we have a tennessee stud this is gonna be johnny cash for you Enjoy. Back about 18 and 25, I left Tennessee very much alive. I never would have made it through the Arkansas mud if I hadn't been riding on a Tennessee stud. Had some trouble with my sweetheart's paw One of her brothers was a bad outlaw I wrote a letter to my uncle Fudd And I rode away on a Tennessee stud The Tennessee stud was long and lean The color of the sun and his eyes were green He had the nerve and he had the blood There never was a horse like the Tennessee stud Drifted on down into no man's land Across the river called the Rio Grande Raced my horse with the Spaniard's foal Till I got me a skin full of silver and gold Me and the gambler we couldn't agree We got in a fight over Tennessee I Pulled our guns and he fell with a thud And I rode away on the Tennessee stud The Tennessee stud was long and lean The color of the sun and his eyes were green He had the nerve and he had the blood There never was a horse like the Tennessee stud I rode right back across Arkansas I whipped her brother and I whipped her ball I found that girl with the golden hair She was riding on a Tennessee mare Pretty little baby on the cabin floor A little horse cold playing round the door I love the girl with the golden hair And the Tennessee stud loves a Tennessee mare The Tennessee stud was long and lean The color of the sun and his eyes were green He had the nerve and he had the blood There never was a horse like the Tennessee stud Welcome back everybody This is uh, Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears We have Kevin Lee Veteran of the film industry and instructor at VFS Currently teaching post-production and sound So... I want to dive into a specific topic with you, which is actually the new generation. And I believe that you're the right person to talk about that because having the chance to teach to the new generation right now, uh, you know, 
getting the eye and sharpening the eye around the dynamics uh, of the new generation right now. What is your piece of advice to the new generation in general? I I would say that, you know, and I've, I've had the opportunity as, uh, as an instructor in a film school to, you know, to see literally, you know, generations of young people come through there, well, often with, you know, common common goals you know we often we will have you know a, uh, a passion that you know similar passions that we're trying to pursue if I, I don't be I, afraid to throw no, punches man yeah, I, I no. don't be afraid man this is what radio is for communication let it all out man let it all out I, I, th- I think if, if you're a, if you're a young person and you're you're uh, passionate about making films then make films um, and <laughs> nice. you know, uh, I think that I think that if you're a writer, you write. If you're a photographer, you make images. If you're a filmmaker, you make films. And you don't you don't um, let the fact that maybe you don't have funding or that you're not working for a professional facility or whatnot stop you from doing it. We were talking just earlier in the in our conversation about how the the tools are very democratic now mm-hmm. and. Uh, even a person with a, a single DSLR and a laptop can now uh, put out high-quality work, powerful work. And I think that the real, uh, even if all of a person's technical chops haven't evolved to the to the professional levels yet, if a person has passion and if they have a message and they have, a, you know, a strong story to tell, I think that story come tops out. It's everything else, every, right? Everything else, yeah. Yeah, as always, as always. And, well, you know, for filmmakers, you know, the best thing is to make movies. But do you believe there is a road to, a specific road to success inside that box of making movies? I, I don't think that there's there's one specific road. Because, you know, I, as, again, with I've had the opportunity to see these young people, you know, come through the school environment. And then other people who, who you know, eschew the school environment and this go their own route and I think there's so many possibilities depending on what your uh, you know what your ultimate goals are there are you know if perhaps you know your your passion is to become a camera operator perhaps uh, uh, you know then maybe your your best goal is to go through school and 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 go through the IATSE route become a member of the union mm. work your way up through the how do you feel uh, about that well I think it's the right thing for some people Mm-hmm. And and uh, particularly if you're in in those if your joy and uh, and pleasure comes from performing those kind of technical crafts, you know, being able to operate a camera very well, being able to uh, work on a team and light a set or a location and those those kind of mm-hmm. things, working on on a big team like that, I think that's you know maybe I think many people get a lot of satisfaction out of uh, you know that the you know the uh, the sum of the parts. What is it? The sum of the parts is greater than the uh, greater than the whole, or whatnot. Mm. The, the the ability to work together with a bunch of people and, the collaboration and bring aspect. all of these skills together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's very powerful for some people. And then, the, you know, there's so many different people and personalities. There are others who are who are really loners. Um, mm. What's your uh, take on collaboration when it comes to Vancouver 2017? Well, I think that I think that. Collaboration when when you can find a group of people who have disparate skills and have the ability to actually work together, um, the results can be absolutely magical. I think. 
Mm, the teamwork is key. Is there a specific yeah. moment in your life when you experienced that? That that moment of magical moment of collaboration. Well, I'm going to br- I'm going to bring it back back to the music thing. Yeah, yeah, that, why that's, not? That's that's uh, that's the, you know, one of the most I, I've uh, one of the most joyful experiences that that um, uh, that I've had working as a player as a musician have been when I've been on stage with a, uh, a group of people that I've played with for quite a while that. Um, um, that uh, you know, we we play together, and we know that we know the music. We 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 played it together. We're tight. You know, the, mm-hmm. the expression would be the van would be tight. <laughs> and it's those those beautiful moments when you're on stage, and somehow somebody looks at somebody else and does something different. And everybody does it different at exactly. Like there's somehow this this unspoken communication that sometimes happens on stage, and it only happens every now and again. But when there's that somehow. Everybody does it different at exactly the same time, and it's just this, it just sends a shiver up and down your spine. Wow! Uh, when those kind of things happen, and I think yeah, filmmaking, in in a way, is is that uh, uh, can be that uh, same kind of thrill where you know you've got uh, that sound mixer who just has the ears and the tools to to bring your film to life, and a color grader who all of a sudden took your shot that you thought looked pretty darn good and now makes it look fabulous and mm-hmm. and just uh, and takes you perhaps your story and just elevates and rewrites thing. it because the yeah. editing can be a pretty magical tool and it's something yeah. you, uh, you even proved on your own throughout the course and you proved to us uh, in many various ways and uh, it doesn't stop there there is so much to it of course uh, filmmaking is 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 the art of the arts everything is in there uh, we can we can never stop uh, talking about the different arts that create and build up to the pyramid of filmmaking but if there was there is one aspect of uh, the filmmaking uh, uh, environment that you feel very very close to probably putting music aside mm-hmm. since it's 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 where you come from yeah. what, what, what would that layer be well I, uh, I, I guess I guess it would be the it would be the camera and light and mm. how how the how the the choice of the the camera position and the lens the focal length the composition how all of these things you know when they're thoughtfully prepared and you carefully think about what's going to be in the frame and where it's going to be weighted in the frame how you can subtly subtly rather um raise the standard of your story somehow convey points in your in your story that aren't even being said just just mm-hmm. the way that the the image is being prepared or presented to your audience mm-hmm. i think uh, um, uh, that the camera light lenses I, i'm in love with all that stuff it's almost like the thinner the thinner aspect also of filmmaking you know so many times you're so involved in the story that you don't notice the impact of the cinematography because it's it's right underneath the the cover but it, it truly makes a difference, you know. And right now, we are so lucky to live in, in a period where, you know, technology is at everybody's hands and everybody can practice and explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I see and I look from the from the lower uh, side of the spectrum all the way to the highest side of the spectrum, looking at people like Chivo and, you know, Roger Deakins and, and many amazing cinematographers. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be always the same thing that connects every cinematographer and every DOP out there, which is the desperate research of beauty. Mm. Which is not necessarily the, the 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 beauty of of course oh it's a beautiful frame but the beauty that that you can you can smell the movie through that mm. cinematography you know and uh, to me it's pretty exciting you know yeah. noticing how technology is allowing all of this to happen you know 
But uh, right now I want to take you somewhere. I want to take you to the Proust questionnaire. We oh. do it every time and every episode with every okay. guest. And uh, we're actually going to go through five questions of the Proust questionnaire. So Proust, uh, he wrote down 35 questions, uh, believing that by answering all of those, we will be able to find and, uh, and basically carve through someone's identity. But today we're going to go through five. We're going to pick randomly. <laughs> and we're just going to talk about life and the arts and uh, filmmaking. Okay. So well, we're going to... we're kind of nervous, Ruggiero. Oh, no. Just uh, it's, it's <laughs> no invisible wall. If you don't want to answer a question, just say, Mm-mm, Roger, I don't want to answer that question. I'm going to be, all right, I'm going to moonwalk away from that. No worries. <laughs> so first question of the Bruce questionnaire. What is your current state of mind? My current my current state state of mind is 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 one of happiness sitting across the table from you. Ooh, all right! <laughs> I need a half five in the booth for that. Mm-hmm. That's amazing! Wow, 100 points for that. That was a quick, nice, short answer on the point, and uh, I bounced that back. I mirrored that back. As long as we do what we love and we connect with uh, whatever we we feel we need to connect, everything is gonna flow and life is gonna smile at you, so that you can smile back at life. Second question of Proust questionnaire. Okay, what is your greatest Extravagance. My greatest extravagance. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably my my music room and my drums at home. I, ha- I have a couple of drum kits. I have a lot of microphones. I've got actually quite quite a. It's a pretty deluxe uh, situation I have for for my my uh, music recording at home right now. And it has been an extravagance, but I've enjoyed it a lot. Right on. Do you manage to play every day? Uh, I wouldn't say every day, but I play. I play. I play pretty consistently now. That's not. That's that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty interesting because uh, looking at other instruments, um, personally, you know, like uh, the trumpet, I notice that it's necessary to play every day, and sometimes it's it's not possible, you know, like it's not, uh, or sometimes you're missing the drive to do it, you know, and yeah. your drive lives somewhere else. Uh, was there a moment in your life that that this specific dynamic happened? Uh. The the what the desire to make m- the music room and so on. Yeah, basically the desire the desire to actually change instrument all of a sudden. Oh, at the um, like I've, I've been playing drums since I, I started playing drums when I was what about 14, 15 years old in in high school. Hmm. Um, and I decided I decided to pick up the guitar though here in well I guess probably about five years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the, one of the challenges about uh, being a drummer and being and being you know pa- pretty passionate about trying to make music is that uh, if you're a drummer, the only time you get to play music or make music is when you can sit down with other people, mm-hmm. like, by the very nature of the instrument you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking up guitar and start and I and I I I should say I I, I wouldn't call myself a guitar player yet. Hmm. But um, but taking up the guitar and whatnot, it, all of a sudden I'm able to just... And the acoustic guitar is just a beautiful thing. You just hmm. pick it up and you just kind of wrap your arms around it and, <laughs> and pretty, pretty pretty sounds come out of it. And, and I feel good about it. You know, I kind of awesome. get that creative release out of starting to become a decent guitar player. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow, wonderful. Woo-hoo. All right, we're going to step right into the third question of the Proust oh, questionnaire. Yeah. So this is the third question. going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. What is the quality you most like in a woman? Oh, that's a tough one. Right it's now. a tough one. I yeah. just threw it over there, but uh, why wow. not, right? Okay. Openness. Okay. Yeah. 
this is very interesting and uh, mm. uh, there is a side of me that actually agrees with you because there is so much uh, so many layers sometimes uh, in women and I notice especially in Canada it's uh, that but that's the beauty of culture right and we need to embrace it and accept it and, and just go ahead with it and give whatever we can to it so that we can create a common ground and, and uh, our collective subconscious will be, will be a little bit happier let's say yeah. um, alright fourth question of the Proust questionnaire okay. Woo! what do you consider your greatest achievement oh my <clears throat> Probably my family. Um, uh, my I have I have three kids. They're all grown now. All um, um, strong, um, smart. Congratulations, uh, good eh? Ki- good, pe- good people, and um, um, I'm I'm I'm, prob- I'm most proud of them. Yeah. Congratulations. Many people take for granted the fact that a family come comes up, you know, like that, but it's not, and uh, it's something that takes a lot of uh, effort, passion, love, and. Uh, i send you my congratulations, man. It's oh, not easy. I, yeah. You. And I, I believe, you know, a part of it I will understand when I will have my own. If I will have my own, when I will have my own later on, I will truly be able to understand the sort of effort that goes behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, I'll just, uh, yeah, I'm just sending, sending you an invisible hug right now from behind <laughs> this microphone. Yeah, and congratulations for yeah, that. Thank you. Woo, all right. So I want to... Uh, it's time to go and, and actually approach the, the wrapping up. We gotta wrap this burrito and uh, yeah. yeah. By the way, what's your favorite uh, kitchen? What's your favorite cooking uh, cooking style in the world? My favorite. Well, I'm pretty much uh, you know Western style cooking. You know, um, mm-hmm. steak and uh, um, steak and a baked potato. Kind oh of, yeah, kind of, I, see, know, I yeah, see. I see. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of, I see you right yeah, there. Very mm-hmm. traditional kind of. Oh stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, way. Yeah. Is there a specific uh, specific steak you're looking at? Oh, just any any good good fine cut of, of meat. Yeah, I'm very appreciative of. Right on. Do you yeah. eat, it, eat it raw, medium raw? Like no, how do you go? No, you no, just no, no. I'm 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 actually I go fairly medium. I don't. I'm not really too much into the uh, you know the uh, you know. The have flesh? It, have it have it moo when I when, oh, I, when okay. I stick my fork. You know, it tells it. a lot about people. You know, the way what they eat and the way they eat, yeah. and it's very fascinating. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's very very fascinating. Yeah. It's another art uh, full of. Uh, it, it covers all the senses and huh? the art yeah. of 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 cooking. You know, it's uh, such an incredible world, gastronomy. Eh? Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the chefs out there. Thank you for cooking for us, guys. Very mm-hmm. much. And teaching us uh, and giving us a smile throughout the day. Eh? <laughs> what a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Food, F-O-O-D. We ain't kidding right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Okay. So, I want to ask you one more thing before we actually go and wrap this episode. And that one thing is actually, what's your piece of advice for the for the filmmakers out there leaving making movies aside something that is uh, that is coming from your heart for the people that are now emerging filmmakers if there is a little thought that you would like to leave to them and 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 just uh, you know and then moonwalk back from them just keep this in mind okay uh, oh, oh, uh, s- separate from from like technical skills or, or, or what have you okay well I, I guess I, I would say to young young filmmakers to that I think that truly great films are, are made by collaboration and the, and, the, and the skills of different people coming together. So try to build those networks and respect and admire, have the appreciation for the skills that other people can bring to your project and try to develop kind of the network of people that you both respect and love and admire for their particular skills and make a beautiful film together. Woo! 
that's uh, those are some uh, beautiful words, eh? <laughs> let's get that recording out there. Let's put that podcast out there and uh, let's share the word for sure. Wow, beautiful words from veteran of the film industry, Kevin Lee. Here is there a shout out you'd like to make to anybody, Kevin? Uh, well, I uh, well, I'd, I'd give a sh- I give a shout out to uh, uh, my family. It's, it's just before Christmas now, and um, um, well, I want to uh, say uh, Merry Christmas to all of them. And I I would also say if if there's uh, any of my young student friends out there listening, I, I'd like to give a shout out and a Merry Christmas to all my the film students that I've had a chance to work with. Some three thousand students now <laughs> since I started working. So so there's. Um, Wow! So if any of them happen to be listening to this, I I wish them my their very my very best for the new year and the Christmas season and so on. Wow! Well, beautiful words there. I want to slip in a question before we actually wrap it up. I want to slip in a question in there, talking about you know having the eye around so many students. What are the characteristics that that make students stand out or make students you know uh, back away from the course? Um, passion. Hmm. Really, it is it is passion. There, there, I don't think there's any question that you know that uh, if some people will come to film school, and honestly, they're just you know they're just treading water, they're killing some time and and having a good time along the way. There's there's an element to that. I think that's I think that's fair. That's to be expected. But there's those students who come to it and they just have the passion and they know that they got stories to tell and they want to raise their skills and to be able to to reach out to that. And that's that's what makes that job. Um, always interesting, always refreshing. It's that group of new people that you get to meet. Wonderful. Like, yeah. It's almost like creating its own it, its own family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, creating a family in in the class and with the people around you. And talking about families, Christmas time is approaching. So consumerism is pumping like crazy right mm-hmm. now. Keep an eye on that, guys. Uh, let's not forget that Christmas is all about love. L O V E, love. And uh, you know, like uh, just just give as much love as you can, right? There's no there's no here in Vancouver with the sun is just giving birth to a wonderful view, and uh, you know it's gonna be a wonderful Christmas for sure. Ready to prepare. For a beautiful 2018. Uh, talking about family, uh, my sister actually came into town and she's right here in the studio. Any shout out you'd like to make, Sophie? Mm, hi, well, thanks, man. Just wanted to say a real quick hi to the family. Hi, mom, hi, dad, and hi to anybody listening to us from Italy. Right on. Woo, okay, perfect. So I guess it's uh, time to actually wrap up uh, the episode of Room Tone. Thank you so much, Kevin, for coming by and sharing your wisdom here on air. Thank you, Roger. It's been a, a, an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's uh, it's always a pleasure to connect with people, and let's not forget, life is the art of meeting. So uh, it's 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 definitely my pleasure to get to connect uh, with you right here, and just give people a little bit of a slice of uh, of your own experience and, and, and your own slices of reality on set in the past and whatever has happened. Uh, and it will be a pleasure to have you back. So keep an eye on that. Eyes on the prize, ears on the cheers, everybody. I'll see you around uh, whenever whenever light shines uh, shines good for, for us over here at uh, Room Tone. Next Wednesday we have another final episode. Final episode next, uh, next Wednesday and then we're going to uh, start all over again in April 2018. For you, in the meantime, this is the soundtrack of Jackie Brown. Street Life by Randy Crawford. Enjoy.
就下。